All right, you safety Sherpas out there, thank you very much for joining Safety with Purpose. My name is Scott McKenzie, and you know this platform is dedicated to you, the safety professionals who give 100% of your time, energy, and talent to bring us home safe and sound to our families and friends. The least we could do is provide a, a great platform for you to tell your story. That's what Safety with Purpose is all about. We've got a great interview with a gentleman by the name of Steve Davis. He's with the University of Kentucky's Toyota True Lean Systems Program. It's a mouthful, but man, I'm telling you, it's a fantastic program there at the University of Kentucky. Let's get that interview ready to go. Yes, thank you very much. Always nice to have uh, these incredible professionals uh, tell their story on Safety with Purpose. But before we get going with the interview, you know... We've got to thank our sponsor, and the sponsor for this particular podcast is Industrial Talk Marketing. I'm telling you right now, you want to expand your business, you want to create more sales, you want to get greater attention for the products that you provide, the safety products that you provide, you need to go to industrialtalk.com. Reach out to them. They've got the tools and techniques to be able to make you a success in your business and expand that market. Just go out there to industrialtalk.com, have a conversation. You will not be disappointed. All right, on to the interview. Now, this interview is with uh, Steve Davis, but it's being conducted by our, you know, Safeopedia's own uh, Tamara Paris. And once again, she hits it out of the park. She also has a podcast called Women in Safety, and it's also out on the platform Safety with Purpose. You got to check that one out, too. So why do you want to hear me continue to talk? You don't. Let's get on with the interview. Steve Davis. And once again, he's with the University of Kentucky's and Toyota's Trulene Systems Program. Mouthful, a lot of great information. Enjoy. Um, well, Steve, it's really nice to speak with you. I'm uh, looking forward to our conversation. You work with the uh, University of Kentucky? That's correct. And you guys, um, you and Luther, you, you two do a lean systems program. Yes, we do uh, a lean. Uh, we actually recently <laughs> kind of changed the name to expand a couple of things, but uh, yeah, it's that's that's accurate. We do a uh, we have a lean systems program. Have you been on the website? Yeah, I have, and I and I saw that you're actually um, originally from aerospace, so I was kind of um, curious on. Uh, where did you start, and how, how did what's your background with uh, Toyota Lean? Actually, my background is uh, uh, I can I'll shoot you just a brief snapshot of my bio, but um, I uh, I started out in general industry, uh, in the, actually in the aerospace industry, and I originally trained as a uh, um, machine in machine technology and vocational training, and uh, I, I worked in the aerospace industry. I programmed, set up, and operated CNC or computerized numerical control machines in uh, for Goodyear Aerospace uh, for oh, basically seven years, and then I uh, I got into uh, moved into the training and development and. Uh, then actually, I moved over to uh, uh, went back to school, uh, and uh, I had been out working in ISO 9000. That's when that was first that standard was first being released. 
So um, I went to college full-time. Uh, I uh, was an organizational communications major, and I had a minor in uh, loss prevention and safety at Eastern Kentucky University. They've got a, actually a, a highly uh, esteemed school, and I picked up a minor in uh, quality systems management. So, and I was kind of all over the place, but I was 29 and knew what I wanted to do. So, uh, and that's kind of led me down the happy road to, uh, to ergonomics. So when when you were working in the aerospace industry with with machines, um, did mm-hmm. you use the the lean program there, or did you learn about it later on? No, I actually learned about it later on. I worked as a I was I worked for the I had a contract uh, when I left uh, when I left the aerospace industry or you know manufacturing in ninety one. Excuse me. I uh, I was working. I had a contract with the state of Kentucky with the Workforce Development Cabinet, and I worked with some companies that had lean. And then uh, later on, I uh, I became interested in ergonomics, and uh, I founded a company in 2000 called Ergonauts. Yes. And uh, yep. And when I uh, when I founded that company, I uh, I knew that you know I don't know how familiar with the uh, the College of Engineering's Lean Systems program, but it's you know it's kind of an MIT of of Lean. They you know Toyota founded Lean, um, and uh, so my company Ergonauts uh, we had connections with the University of Kentucky, so we. We became their ergonomics provider. We did seminars with them, developed programming with them from an ergonomics and lean perspective. And so that, that was kind of it. We did a, uh, myself and two of my business partners. Uh, one was actually, is actually my ex-wife. I would rather that didn't go in, you know, print. But uh, she was a general vascular surgeon. And she was also board certified in occupational medicine through University of Cincinnati and NIOSH. And another partner of mine, a guy by the name of Dr. Mike Gladden, he taught, he was the corporate ergonomist for Toyota and Daimler Chrysler. And, you know, he was uh, in University of Kentucky, you know, they referred to him as the top ergonomist in all of automotive. So... <laughs> but long story short, we did a white paper. It was a futurist paper on the, uh, on you know, basically the American age demographics and, you know, with relationship to lean and uh, how there's, you know, there's going to be a breaking point because lean takes all of the inefficiency out of a process. It makes a process run literally as efficient as humanly possible. So, or technically possible for them. Yeah. yeah go ahead. So, so I just wanted to to um, backtrack a little bit more. So I'm understanding uh-huh. better your your journey towards the University of Kentucky. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And so, why did you decide to go from from what you were doing with your company into teaching into the program? 
well, again, we, uh, you know, I've had a relationship with them, mm -hmm. and uh, if you look at the uh, the statistics on uh, ergonomics or injuries due to poor ergonomics across all industries, it's the number one. Uh, it's technically it's an illness. Uh, you know, it's not an instantaneous act. It's typically you know something that's time based. It's a chronic. You know, it's kind of like uh, black lung or, you know, you don't get black lung in a day, you get black lung. So it's a health issue. And uh, the reason I went into, you know, lean when, um, you know, with regard to the University of Kentucky, you know, they're literally the, they're the, you know, best on the planet. So, you know, I wanted to make it available to everyone. Mm -hmm. Not just lean organizations, but to every company out there across all, you know, construction, uh, healthcare, uh, and that was, you know, that my, my my goal is to solve the problem of ergonomics in the United States, and uh, I think that the best way to do that is through, you know, if you apply the lean tools and you merge them with ergonomics, it's, you know, it's your best shot at doing that. So now you know, you've said that uh, University of Kentucky is is the best. Can you share with me so that when we're writing and our audience mm -hmm. can understand a little mm -hmm. bit about what makes it the best when they're looking mm -hmm. at all the different types of schools they could be going to? Right. Well, the yeah, it. I mean, it's it's really kind of hands down. But I'll yeah, I'll give you a brief history. Uh, pick up Google the book. Uh, I don't know if you're writing this down or not, but it's called The Machine That Changed the World. Mm -hmm. Yep, it was a five million dollar five year study done by Massachusetts Institute of Technology that looked at the you know what the biggest change in the future. It was basically based on the future of the automotive industry uh, globally, mm -hmm. and it you know they studied the Toyota production system. Uh, TPS, which they termed lean. It's the, you know, it's the most efficient process and it's based on the Toyota production system. They literally changed everything. Toyota built their Camry plant in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, they were right down the road. Uh, University of Kentucky College of Engineering is right down the road from the Toyota plant. Uh, they had so much volume, so many people that wanted to know about lean, uh, how to go about it. So they uh, they partnered with them. And still to this day, uh, Toyota's only partner in lean is the University of Kentucky. So, you know, the, the machine that changed the world has one partner. Um, it's now, it's it was lean manufacturing originally, but it's just, uh, you know, it's referred to as lean. Uh, because today they're, you know, they're using it across healthcare, they're using it across manufacturing, they're using it across construction. So, you know, it, they they broadened that because, you know, these systems work literally within every industry. Um, right. E-commerce, you know, all all of those all of those things. It's just just term lean and uh, banking. Oddly enough, it's you know the the banking industry is, uh, you know, there's some visionary major banks that are going lean. And it's because you take out the, you know, inefficiency is cost. It's waste. Uh, you know, it's like throwing your money out the 
out the door. So, you know, the, they're they're going lean, and the ones that you know, the ones that are doing it right are, you know, they're getting their training, and and they're, uh, you know, the UK actually they have a outreach where they have you know, Toyota employees that are practitioners that go out to the sites and help them, you know, put their system in place. So we call it, you know, they take the lean journey with them. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So so part of what I wanted to talk about was also uh, what do the, the students learn and gain while taking your program? So what I wanted to kind mm -hmm. of understand a bit is, like, if, if I'm a, a potential student, <laughs> And I'm looking mm -hmm. through all the courses. You know, one of my right. questions is going to be, well, what is going to be the real focus of this certification mm -hmm. program? And what mm -hmm. are the main yeah. skills as the student yeah. that I will yeah. gain and be able to take into my everyday work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's uh, what, what differentiates the program from the uh, competitors is, you know, it's, uh, you know, most most programming out there today, it's it's based on one of two things. It's based on compliance to a government standard, that being OSHA or EM385 or, you know, one of the MSHA, whatever whatever those standards are, or they, uh, it's behavioral, which, you know, everybody, you know, there's somewhat of an agreement that behavioral accounts for, you know, 90 to 95% of all injuries and illnesses in, you know, all locations today. Uh, so what differentiates, you know, rather than, you know, going to a commodity market, trying to teach people about standards, trying to, you know, those things are, you know, there's, uh, the market's flooded with it. Mm -hmm. uh, but the way that Toyota does business and the way that the lean systems are set up, is it's you literally just integrate the uh, you just integrate safety and health management into the way companies do business. It's not you have a you know there's people who have the safety expertise and you know you keep all of that you know it's all done. But you know the way Lean is set up is uh, what they get in our course is they understand how, you know, a, an injury or an illness is, that's not the root cause. You know, if Tamara gets her finger amputated, you know, they say, wow, you know, machine didn't have a guard on it. But there's something failed on down. And we teach companies, you know, we give them tools to systematically uh, problem solve. Uh, we teach them how to look at the system and buy the right stuff so that they're not, they don't allow risk factors in. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's it's that whole, you know, it's that whole lean thing. You know, we, uh, I don't know any place where you can get, we teach four tools, four basic tools. Yeah. And uh, if you look at, you know, if you implement, these four tools, um, then you, you know, you have a green process. You have, you know, you've bought the right stuff. You set it up at the right height. You've got the right guards on it. 
so you uh, and then you have the right culture which means you know behavioral issues or cultural issues you know it's whatever the company value is so we we touch on the people side or the cultural side but uh, you know the reality is is that from um, from a differentiation perspective if you implement these four tools uh, and you know it's it's just the way you do business and you're you know you have the systems in place to you know to to be that world class organization and uh, so does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You know, it, it, it kind of reminds me of Russell Ackoff and Peter Decker's uh, system thinking, in a mm -hmm. way. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. where you're looking Absolutely. at safety um, through all your systems, from design mm -hmm. right through all your processes. That's Have correct. I understood and you correctly? Yeah, you're absolutely. And it's, uh, you, you that, that's accurate. And the uh, the other part of that is you. It not only do you look at them, but it gives you analytical tools to be able to uh, number one. If something does change and something's different, it gives you analytical tools to go in and systematically identify what failed in your system to you know number one mm -hmm. correct that. But you know, based on on the uh, you know the Toyota way or lean, then you go back in and you look across the board. You know, where does this risk factor? Uh, you know, where might it be? And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it's so yeah, it's uh, it's it's a systematic approach. So yep, you know, you're you're on it, and you're right. It's you know Peter Drucker and you know the different the different you know thought processes or, you know, people who have, you know, been instrumental in this um, have, you know, it, it's on the money. We, uh, you know, oddly enough, we did a, we did a beta. Uh, in the first class, we, we used Kaizen. We took the curriculum. We brought in literally uh, international experts. Uh, we had a guy by the name of Dr. Earl Blair. Mm -hmm. who's probably the most published um, safety and health guru today in ASSP. Uh, he, he attended the class. Uh, we brought in a VPPA um, auditor for a, for a state OSHA. Uh, we brought in a lady who is the, uh, she's, a board member and has you know is super instrumental in you know in things that are going on and she's an occupation she's got her PhD in occupational health nursing uh, <laughs> we brought in somebody from construction uh, you know so we had and we actually brought in you know people from a couple of people from the office industry that manufacture you know that that had the manufacturing side so we did the course and uh, you know we had all of these folks in there and they're all technically brands on their own mm -hmm. and then we at the end of it we kaizen it we said what went well what didn't go well what you know so you know we uh we put our money where our mouth is or you know we the you know they we we said okay you know what what do we need to do and we so we made changes mm -hmm. uh, every time we run it 
we do an evaluation, and it's not your typical evaluation and it gets tucked away. Uh, the last time we conducted the course, uh, February, we spent 16 hours, uh, myself and Luther, but then different people from the department of we did a Kaizen and we, you know, we said, okay, the customer spoke uh, and we, you know, we Kaizen the, the process. We practiced, you know, what we teached or preached. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I'd be interested, you know, with those individuals mm -hmm. that came, you know, Earl Blair and mm -hmm. the other individuals that came, um, did they share with you how it might have evolved them? as an individual and, and safety professional, occupational health and safety professional? The, yeah, they, actually they did. I mean, it was, uh, number one, they walked away and, and they, you know, they have tools that, you know, these tools, the, the four things, the four topics that Luther is truly, a, you know, he's a global expert in, they can be applied to anything. So, you know, they're talking about applying this to nursing. Uh, Dr. Blair, he, he actually teaches in a uh, uh, safety and health program, and he's uh, for a university. And so it, it gave him a, a different outlook, a different aspect. You know, honestly, one of the most exciting things that came out of this was uh, – one of our participants, we with their final project is they go back and they put together a set of lean policies and procedures. They put together an audit sheet. They put together a training matrix. They put together, they literally walk out with a organizational plan to change your organization, to change the systems. And we had a uh, we had a young man in there that, you know, the thing that's the you know, from a lean perspective and from an ergonomics perspective, both is you know the uh, construction industry. You know, I uh, I've had friends throughout you know lean and and ergonomics both, and uh, the one thing that you never see or hear about is is lean ergonomics for construction. You don't hear about ergonomics in construction. I mean, it is such a minute. Because people are afraid of it, you know. People, they and they don't know how to approach ergonomics because you're always moving into a new set of risk factors uh, in construction. You're, you know, one thing after another, but it's really not like that. So, they these are set risk factors. The different trades do the same things every day. It's a matter of identifying that. But there's a uh, there's a larger behavioral component, and we the the paper or the, you know, policies and procedures and stuff that, that this student produced, uh, I mean, he, he literally, he copyrighted it. We were in awe, you know, because nobody does construction. Nobody, everybody is, uh, I'm not sure what, you know, from a, what your exposure is from a, a psychopedia and how many people you ever hear, you know, addressing construction ergonomics but you know it was uh, it was brilliant and it, it's based on lean too it's based on you know the the lean principles and so yeah it was it's been you know from our perspective it's been phenomenal we just had 
the uh, thinking health person for the second largest construction company on the planet just finished her course and she's back putting together safety and you know it's, she's putting together lean ergonomic systems for this entire you know it's I, I'm not I can't tell you who it is but I can tell you that if you Google 10 largest construction companies on the planet they're number two <laughs> So, but they're using our they're using our system. Um, so what I'm hearing know, is so. that these students from different um, industries are then uh -huh. connecting the dots about how important ergonomics is in everyday life. Oh, absolutely, and they're they're taking it to their specific industry. It's uh, you know like Earl Blair, Dr. Blair. He uh, you know he's a He's a university professor. He's a CSP. He's you know he's a national speaker. Uh, speaks frequently, and uh, you know he he took you know what he what he learned in our in our course back, and uh, and and the uh, you know the other part of that is you know we read the papers myself and uh, Luther both, and you know we make suggestions and. Everybody passes. We, you know, when before they leave the class, they understand what that model looks like. And you know, we, if there's anything that we see, uh, you know, to, you know, hey, you may want to think about this or you may want to think about that. We, uh, yeah, we we give them feedback, and uh, so. What I wanted to understand from you, as as a health and safety manager, we're uh -huh. um, and I'm looking at your course, you know, uh -huh. and I'm associating lean with machinery, of course. Uh -huh. What what would you want me to know as a student looking at that page about the value it could bring to my retail store? Uh -huh. um, you know, the thing I see most from, you know, uh, most of the stuff that I see, um, and you know, I, I do. When I'm standing, it, it really gets me going. Like at the deli, but I see it all over the store, and uh, it really kind of. <laughs> I'm like, oh, geez. But the, uh, you know, one of the tools we teach is the the first thing, you know, is uh, is five S. You know, but as far as order of operations or the way you would set that up is if you look at a process based on waste, and there's seven waste. You know, I would look at the deli and I would say, okay, how many non-value added trips are they making across this deli to do the different functions? Uh, I would look at where the wrapping paper is set up or the bags. I would look at the high. <clears throat> is it adjustable for the 5th to the 95th percentile? But when you go through the 5S, you know, you systematically organize that and you, you take out waste. And, and what happens, and I just did this uh, for the Bureau of Workers' Compensation uh, conference for the state of Ohio, and I, I did a, a demonstration. And we didn't take out the, we didn't look at it from the four risk factors from ergonomics. We looked at it from what's waste, what's, you know, how would you set this up, and just looking at it. So. As the, the group does this, 
And we, again, we, we looked at it. We said, okay, how do we take the waste out and how do we systematically organize this? Uh, and this is in a one-hour presentation. They literally doubled the production and took out 80% of the immediate risk factors for ergonomics injuries just doing the 5S. Mm -hmm. So what would I do? I would say, you know, you, I mean, you, these are different jobs. I mean, people have different job descriptions. You take a look at those particular jobs and then you, you correct the work areas or you enhance the work areas. <clears throat> you don't spend a bunch of money. This is not about we, we, you know, it's typically the free, cheap, and easy, uh, and you get a huge bang for your buck, um, and then we use the, you know, the principles of ergo uh, attrition and ergo standardization. So, you know, over time things wear out. When you replace them, you have the, you know, you have the right purchasing standards, uh, and everybody's in on it. Everybody's been trained. So. That, that's what I would do first. Uh, you know, I, I shop at Urban frequently, uh, mm -hmm. or at, uh, excuse me, Kroger's, and, uh, you know, I look behind the counter, and I'm thinking, you know what, I, uh, w we could make them tons of money, <laughs> uh, literally. So, it's, uh, that, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It does, you know, and I, and I haven't, I haven't been, ever thinking about lean in in that environment. But exactly mm -hmm. what you were saying to me is like the, the workers are making all these trips all these times. Could mm -hmm. we not bring what they need a little, a lot closer to where they're working? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. one of the things as a safety manager I had to deal with was people's feet are really burning and hurting from all the walking. Right. It just goes on and mm -hmm. on. And I kept sure, on saying, absolutely. well, it's because they're they're having to go and lift this and pull that and carry mm -hmm, this. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, so, sure. so what I'm hearing you say is that a lot of this also is by design. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you take a current design, you look at where, and we call it MUDA. There's seven ways that you look at. And we teach this in the safety course. So when you when you look at the mood or the waste and you say, okay, is that a value added steps that they're taking there? You can and they if it's no, and what you end up with, Tim, is you you serve more customers. Mm -hmm. uh, you you uh, we oddly enough we we I teach a uh, um, a module called lower extremity systems, and uh, it's basically from the feet up. And we, we look at the, you know, what the, the problems are with that. And, you know, it, that's low-hanging fruit. You can fix that from an ergonomics perspective. And, you know, but what we do is, you know, following the lean principles, we say, okay, we're going to change this workstation. We're not going to put a bunch of money in it. It's going to cost, you know, the minimum amount of money. But you get a huge bang from the buck. And if you put a stopwatch on it, you know, there's 480 minutes in an eight-hour shift. And if you look at the efficiency increase, the, you know, it's, a, it's an efficiency issue. It's not a safety and health issue. Mm -hmm. And we prove it. And I did it in an hour. You know, we, we went up and I did that presentation two weeks ago at the Bureau of 
of workers' compensation. They have a conference in Ohio. It's, I think there was 9,600-plus people attended uh, this conference. I had mm -hmm. a, you know, I conducted a seminar myself and Dr. Bailey, um, and we, you know, we proved to them that, you know, this is an efficiency issue. It's, uh, you know, you have safety and health symptoms, but the root cause is process inefficiency. So we just know how to fix it. We can affect the systems um, that allow risk factors in. So being the kind of manage, uh, safety manager I was, you know, mm -hmm. I, I truly believed in, um, and I know this is a little different, but really mm -hmm. uh, being more of a safety coach and having the employees and the management and supervisors take the real mm -hmm. responsibility of, of safety mm -hmm. for themselves, their peers, and the, sure. in the store. So mm -hmm. one of the things that I'd be wondering is, is this too complicated? for me okay. to provide to like can, like how, how would I be able to help them take ownership of this well two things you're talking about culture and you're talking about by them taking ownership that's a behavioral issue and it's a culture issue be behavior is culture mm -hmm. uh, so to implement this you know again the students go back they put together you know an entire written system which starts with an audit and uh, oh. you know so when you audit it and you you know from a problem-solving perspective you look at you know what's the difference between where I'm at and where I need to be uh, helps you prioritize but no this is this is simple and everybody that goes through it and we have different backgrounds everybody didn't have a PhD everybody doesn't but the you know the common denominator and when they sit there and a lot comes on and they go oh wow this is this works because you're not going to walk into Kroger's or you know I'm using that name, but you don't walk into Kroger's that much change everything. You change specific systems at specific areas. When people are empowered and they understand how this works and how to do this, then you know you're not changing the entire area. You may do a you know a mini Kaizen uh, or you know a 5S and you rearrange things, but what you know, from a, uh, you know, what you're doing is you go in and you pick one area and right. you make the changes to that area. And that's measurable. Yep. It yeah. has a ROI. It's, uh, and it's just the way we do business. So, uh, oh, no, that or, sounds know, awesome. So, yeah. like, the way I yeah. would do my job is, like, when I was taking safety courses and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, I mm -hmm. had some department heads who were very champions about safety. Uh-huh. And so when uh -huh. I was going to, to university, I would be bringing uh -huh. back my lessons <laughs> to them, sure. and they would be right. interested in reading and looking, and we would actually work on projects together. The bakery sure. manager was amazing at uh -huh. this, uh -huh. and, uh -huh. um, and we would actually use the bakery as the first place to do a pilot, you know, to showcase right. to the, to the uh -huh. manager of the store that it would work. Mm -hmm. So we could, you know, what, they what, could still do the same thing with your program. It's not that complicated that you have to do it oh, all at once. You, know you literally just described the, what you go to the university to get your, your three-week certification. You pick a model. We call it a model area. Okay. And, you, you, yep, I mean, literally, you just described that. Oh, fabulous. But the, yep. 
so no, you you nailed it. Uh, and uh, it, but it you know it's uh, it, it's just it's measurable. You know what? Okay, so I just invested this much time and this much money. Okay, how much? And because you look at you look at minimizing risk factors. Mm-hmm. You look at minimizing opportunities to make mistakes. Let me give you let me give you uh, an example. Are you you're familiar with? Uh, oh, hang on a second. Let me. Uh, dang it! It was just in my mind. It's a chicken store. Uh, the Chick Fil A chicken. No, Chick Fil A. Oh yes, we have Chick Fil A up here. Yes. Okay. Did you know that Chick-fil-A has grown to be the, I think it's the number three store globally? Wow. The number three, yeah. That's Did awesome. The, you know, when people come out, you don't wait on your food at Chick-fil-A. Uh, they've got the lowest incident rate of, you know, like cross-contamination. Uh, do you realize that that all came out of the University of Kentucky's lean systems? No, not at all. That should be yeah, promoted. Oh, it, well, it, it, it is. I mean, every class that goes through the Lean Systems program, I agree with you from, from that perspective, but every class that goes through the Lean Systems program goes to, and it started at Chick-fil-A in Lexington, Kentucky. Chick-fil-A is out of Atlanta. But they, uh, you know, they don't freeze and re, you know, thaw their, their chicken. They have a, you know, they've taken you know, a third or more of their uh, of their uh, space requirements for processing out due mm-hmm. to lean. Uh, you know, customers love their food, but they they systematically they use the the University of Kentucky or Toyota system, and it's grown them from. You know, they were a decent sized restaurant, but it's you know they're the. I mean, literally they. They serve more per square foot dollar volume than any other restaurant chain, McDonald's, any of them. And, and please don't, and before you publish that, let me get you in with the people that can give you the exact statistics. But if you if you Google Chick-fil-A, and they, they're a lean organization. And so uh, that's, you know, that's just... You know, it's an example. I mean, it's it's not it's not this is not about marketing. It's not. Uh, in fact, you know, oddly enough, University of Kentucky does very little marketing on this. It's about performance, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, it's tangible, it's measurable, it's uh, makes sense. So now, if I was to have to go. And I know you've answered this a little bit, but for the the person mm-hmm. who transcribes this, I kind of mm-hmm. just want to break it down a little bit more for them to pull it out for readers. So uh-huh. if I was to go to my boss and, and say, yeah, uh-huh. I want to take this course, right? One of the mm-hmm. questions he's going to be asking me is like, well, why would an organization invest in an employee to take this program when I'm health and safety? Well, it is health and safety. That's, I mean, we we take the, you know, health and safety standards and we build a system or we examine the system and we look at all of the process inputs, you know, who do we buy from what and when does it occur and, 
and uh, but we we build prevention into it, and we build it in from a it's not accident prevention. It's it, it is accident prevention, which is a symptom, but we we literally diagnose it and break it down to the point to where it is uh, you know it's, it's just the way they do business. So you know the slogan safety first that you know that's true, but it's the safety equal and it's safety it's just the way we do the job. You know mm -hmm. it's not. It's not a big, you know. You have their safety and health management over here, and they have their part. But they're they're just part of the organization uh, from a day to day. But they're 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 part of the organization on design. They're part of the organization on, and so they've got these. You know, they walk out and they can walk into a meeting with the rest of a lean organization or non lean organization. And they bring, you know, that person becomes a true value-added part of an organization. Because if I'm if I'm not a lean organization, and, and I'm not part of a lean organization, but I say I want to, you know, we're going to take this basic tool of five S, mm -hmm. which anybody can do, and we're gonna we're gonna organize the area like this just to clean it up. And you can, you know, they you can however you want to co-sign that, if you want to say we need to do it from a safety and health perspective, but when you're done, everybody's looking at it and goes, oh, wow, you know, and that that starts the lean journey. Um, it's just, you know, it's just kind of the way you do business. Uh, and so and, one of the things you know, that you were mentioning before, which is very critical for businesses, um, management's always thinking about is is that it actually teaches you how to uh, reduce uh, loss prevention as well as reduce costs that's and it correct. increases profitabilities that's correct which is not something to be quite direct with you health and safety mm -hmm. really thinks about oh yeah no that uh, absolutely you know there are they're in a silo or they're on their own island and uh you know they uh tip you know i i put a it, it's funny i uh i for this presentation i i did one at the ohio safety congress and i'm doing a uh we're doing a national presentation in two weeks at the occupational health nurses at their national conference and you know traditionally the safety and health professional is seen as a uh, the anchor that the boat drags. You know, they're they're not they're non value added. They're something that that you have to comply with, and it costs money and it slows you down. Well, the difference in lean and a lean safety and health professional is they they understand. They you know they literally can take a stopwatch. And say we just saved you ten seconds on on a uh, on a cycle, and it, it doesn't sound like much, but when you do it over four hundred and eighty minutes, and you know on an eight-hour shift and three shifts, and you know three hundred sixty-five days, you know the 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 productivity increase or cost savings, or you know it's phenomenal. Uh, and so, you know, it's you're no longer the anchor that the but you just added value to the process, and it's just the way you do business. You know, it's just that you know that cultural piece is 
you know, we have green processes. You know, we uh, we we design them that way. And so, what I'm hearing you say is, by taking your course, you're actually providing the the occupational health and safety professional some business insights onto what oh, KPIs they should be actually measuring uh, to show their value back to the company. Absolutely. You nailed it. That's exactly what we're doing is uh, when you look at those KPIs, you know, you're no longer a silo and you're no longer an island. You're, you know, you're a measurable part of continuous improvement. So here's a question for you is how do you see this program helping to evolve the EHS professional field? Well, again, I, uh, you know, I, my goal is to, when we had an, a university professor from another, and, you know, the, the, the program that Earl Blair teaches in is, is actually pretty, pretty esteemed. It's got a, uh, you know, it's, it's the, you know, the graduates there, you know, they can kind of go to work wherever they want to, and they're highly sought after, and, and uh, but you know what what we want to do is you know when when we looked at who, you know who do we want from a uh, beta perspective you know the the experts you know the risk is that Earl Blair takes part of our curriculum back and uh, uses his program and you know based on what we do and the Toyota philosophy you know Toyota literally could have been a silo and kept lean to themselves because these are, you know, these are business tools. And, but, you know, it's available. They made this available to everybody, including other automotive companies. So we, we want it to evolve. We want to, you know, to have best practices. Um, we want to share them. And so if it's through universities, through people that are attending our seminars, through, you know, that evolution of what that's going to look like down the road uh, from an ASSP or National Safety Council or, you know, we, we really want it to become the norm. And if you look at the demographics of this country and, you know, a uh, boomer, the baby boomers from 1946 to 1964, somebody turns retirement age in this country every eight seconds, okay? So we've got uh, 77 million Americans that are working their way out of the workforce right now, and that's going to continue through, you know, really 2030. So there's going to be, even with AI and robotics, there's going to be a, uh, a 3.8%, which is what the unemployment rate is now, you know, you can't, it's hard to find employees. An example of that is there's 200,000 open jobs that they can't fill within the construction industry, skilled jobs, operators, welders, blah, blah, blah. blah. But the, uh, it's going to be a, uh, you know, you're looking at a crisis in the, in the near future. And the companies that that employees are going to go to work for are going to be companies that have really good cultures. And part of a good culture is valuing that employee, making sure they don't get hurt. 
So that, from an evolution perspective, the companies that want to survive, the companies that want to be profitable, the companies that want to retain or be able to, because you know what, today you can quit a job and go get another job tomorrow. In 2030, uh, and you know, even in that point, there's, there's going to be companies that are going to go out of business because of their culture. They're not going to be able to keep employees. They're not going to be able to automate and put enough AI in place. So if you you know if you've got a rotten culture that's run by petty tyrants, you you know you're you're there's a high probability that you're you know the economic Darwinism is going to kick in, and you're not going to be able to get employees. So and so this your program will help students oh, nurture absolutely. their culture. That's correct. That is correct. And and so share a little bit, um, if I if I was a reader, to help me understand if I'm not really understanding culture to begin with, how would a mm -hmm. program like yours help with culture? Well, the the program like ours is, you know, there's a you know, it's driven top down, but more based on a continuous improvement is it's driven from the bottom up. So you have, you know, the culture says we want continuous improvement. We want a safe place for you to work. We want you to have a, you know, a normal work life, 30 years, whatever that turns out to be. And uh, so here's the tools. Uh, you have at the people that are doing the jobs, the, the experts, we're giving you the tools to, you know, take 10 seconds out of the cycle time, or we're giving you the tools to <clears throat> raise that pallet up off the floor so you're not bending over to, and so it's, it's that, you know, the culture is driven top down. You know, it says we want you to be successful. You know, we, this is about continuous improvement. But there's a lot of posters hanging on the wall that say that. Uh, the culture of an organization says that in their meetings, you know, what is it, Steve, that you can do to, to be safer? Uh, you know, what is it that you can do to, you know, if it's, if it's non-value added, why are we doing it? And, but the, the culture of the organization listens and so, they say, oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. in the course, are you, get, when you're mm -hmm. saying about tools, are you giving mm -hmm. people um, some insights of how to run meetings and discussions mm -hmm. and um, working with their supervisors and management and employees in a way to 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 create more of an open dialogue? Oh yeah, absolutely. We yes, we uh, you know we we one of the things we do is they. Uh, they walk out of there and they go back and they create a, number one, they create an audit, but number two, they understand who all, you know, every employee, who needs to be trained and what they need to be trained in. And so that discussion is, you know, that training matrix comes out and says that, you know, me as an hourly employee, uh, you know, I need to be trained in this, 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 and this, but we also have, you know, a, uh, it's documented. 
So, you know, my, my training metrics has a, you know, as you check Steve off, has Steve been through effective meeting training and has he been through, you know, what, what are the things, how do, you know, that, how do we communicate that and make it actionable uh, and measurable? You know, it's, uh, um, you know, you, what gets inspected gets, is expected. So, you know, we, we talk about, you know, what is it, how do we put together that checklist uh, to, which is an inspection, you know, how do we do that and what do we need to do that? So, it's comprehensive. You yeah. know, if you, the people that go through it, you know, they walk out of there literally with, uh, with their developing documents that we give them the, you know, the tools to, to develop, you know, to, uh, to make them successful. So what I'm understanding is that the, it's not a course that you just do siloed in, in like, focusing on the classwork. It's actually yeah. integrated into your everyday work. Everyday so the expectations are that, yes, we've taught you this here today. Now go back into your workplace, right. implement it, we and then did. come back for more mm -hmm. discussion. Yeah, well, we keep the dialogue open to, you know, if they need discussion, if they want to have discussion, yeah, we, we're available and, and uh, you know, that, that's part of it. Uh, but we, we give them their, you know, their final piece to earn their certification is we give them a format that is, you know, it's a policy and procedure uh, level format and all of these documents fit into that. But we give them the information in language that management understands. We, you know, we give them a, an opportunity to go back and affect, you know, there's so much of, you know, of this that's involved that's purchasing related. You know, if you buy the wrong stuff, you always have the wrong stuff. So, you know, we tell them, you know, okay, who's making these decisions? And, but they put that in a policy and procedure so when they implement this, it's just, it's the way they're already doing business, but it's in business language. It's, you know, it's, it meets the safety and health requirements, but, you know, if I'm talking safety and health, the big, the worst thing I can do to you is talk about ergonomics and say anthropometrics this, anthropometrics that, blah, 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 blah. We don't talk about that. We talk about making it fit the 5th to the 95th percentile. That's where it comes in. So we break it down. It's just part of the conversation, you know. It's I'm a five two, you know, or I'm a six foot male. How high does this need to be? You know, it's we don't say that it needs to be based on law. It's just the you know, it's based on a business conversation. It's the way businesses are already doing business, and if they're not, we give them continuous improvement tools. To you know, you'd be amazed to look at what a Kaizen or a five S looks like before and after. And I'm not talking about spending a ton of money. I'm talking about rearranging things, taking mood out, and you, you know, it's just it's just business. It's not we're not saying do some, you know it's not an anchor uh, set of you know requirements. It's uh, you know it's best it's world class practices. And in these um, in the tools and the 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 um, the assignments that they're learning about. 
does it um, mm -hmm. impact the organization through like creating more collaboration and breaking down silos? Oh, it does. Absolutely. Yes, it does. It, it you know, from, from that perspective, it rounds, you know, and it, you know, everybody gets on the same end of the road. Uh, you know, we, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, if you look at the way it's structured, it's uh, the culture's at the top and you, you know, you have committed resources to run your organization, <clears throat> but it's the voice and expertise, you know, at the, at the level where people are doing the job. So, you know, my job from a safety and health perspective is I'm supposed to support those employees. I have a certain skill set and body of knowledge, but my job is to support those employees because I don't make anything. They, my, you know, my skill set won't pay their salaries. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Okay, no, this is great. Thank you very much for your time today. I know we're at sure. the, the end of our hour. All right, you Safety with Purpose podcast listeners, thank you very much for joining the podcast. And I want to say thank you to Steve Davis. You have to, you listeners out there, have to reach out to Steve Davis, and you're saying to yourself, Scott, his name is Steve Davis. If I go out to LinkedIn, I can't find him, the, the guy, and I want to connect with him. Well, fear not. You're going to type in Ergonaut Steve. That's E-R-G-O-N-A-U-T Steve, and you'll be able to find him and his LinkedIn profile. Connect with him. He's pretty active out there. And thank you to Safopedia.com. All things safety. That's your one-stop shop. Go out there, find out more. And then finally, thank you to Tamara Paris, who did the interview. She also has another wonderful podcast called Women in Safety. So find out more about Women in Safety. And uh, thank you to you, the listeners. Thank you to the safety professionals who get it done. It's because of you that we get to go home safe and sound to our family and friends. So as always, be safe. And we're going to have another great interview coming your way on Safety with Purpose.